to see you this morning. And before I get started, let me say yes, you can all be my neighbor today. I've already had several people ask me if they could be my neighbor. I put on a cardigan sweater and everybody's a comedian. But, uh, glad that you're here. Uh, welcome to week three of our Every Believer a Witness effort. Before we get started, we need to make sure everybody has a week three handouts. If you slipped in here without getting one of these, raise your hand. It is really important that everybody has one of these and something to write with today. We're going to be doing a little bit of writing today. So if you need a pen or a pencil, raise your hand. We've got some people passing those out. Boy, our rushers did a good job today. Well prepared. There you go. want to make sure you have something to write with because you're going to be doing some writing. young guy was graduating from high school and he was asked to give the uh, speech at the graduation exercises and he began by reading a prepared statement. And he read, I want to talk about my mother and the wonderful influence she's had on my life. She is a shining example of parenthood and I love her more than words could ever explain. Then he started to struggle for words a little bit, and he finally looked up and said, Sorry, but it's really hard to read my mom's handwriting right here. <laughs> well, you're going to be doing some thinking on your own today, and you're going to be doing some writing on your own. So be sure that you are prepared. For the last two weeks, we have been talking a little about, about the, the why of witnessing. You remember in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. It was assumed and it was expected that people following Jesus would witness for Jesus. 2,000 years from that, it is still assumed and expected that followers of Jesus would be talking about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. God's plan was people who know Jesus, telling people who don't know Jesus how they can come to know Jesus. And last week, if you remember, we went to court. And uh, we talked about exactly what a witness is expected to do. And if you remember, we sort of decided that a witness, especially in, in, a, in a court setting, is expected to just tell what they personally know to be true. The court doesn't want to hear what someone else has told you to say. The court doesn't want to hear what you know your parents or someone else told you to say. What the court is interested in is, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you experience? What do you personally know to be true? People want to hear your Jesus story. You know, everyone loves a story. And personal stories, personal testimonies, they're powerful things. There is power in stories. I think that's why Jesus told so many stories. Because he knows people listen to stories. Stories are a good way to convey information. If you remember last week, we looked at a couple passages in the... We were in Acts chapter 22. But actually, there's two places in the book of Acts where Paul tells his Jesus story. Two different audiences with the same story that Paul is telling. In Acts chapter 22, he's being arrested and he stops and he's on some steps and he talks to a crowd of people and he tells his story. Then in Acts chapter 26, he's before King Agrippa and he tells the same story. And if you remember, he broke that down into three parts. 
He talked about his life before he met Jesus, and he was brutally honest about what his life was like. Here's who I was. Here's what I did. I'm not proud of any of that, but that's who I was and what I did. And then he talked about how he met Jesus. And he gave both audiences details. Where he was. What was going on. Who was involved in that. What he was told to do. What he did. And then in both of those chapters, 22 and 26 of the book of Acts, Paul talks about his life since Jesus came into his life. He had a new life, a new passion, a new focus, a new mission. This morning, you're going to do the same thing. You are going to write your Jesus story. Now, don't panic, okay? Don't make a run for the restroom just yet. Because it's going to be easy. And it's going to be brief, but it's going to be easy to do because you're going to be writing your story. You're not going to be writing my story. You're not going to be writing your family's story. I'm not asking you to quote any scripture. I just, we're going to, we're going to work through writing our story just like Paul did. On the top of page two, uh, in your handout, my life before I met Jesus. Page, page two. Now, I want to say just a couple things before you start writing. Everybody's going to do some writing today. But before you start, you don't want to put some details into your life before you met Jesus. Where'd you grow up? What was your childhood like? Now, what was your family like? Did, did you grow up in a pretty traditional family? Or maybe you were adopted. Maybe you grew up in a, a one-parent home. Something that other people might be able to relate to. Talk a little bit about your childhood and uh, your interests, where you went to school. Not necessarily Bible stuff. Not necessarily church stuff. I mean, if that was part of your story, great. But most people, before they met Jesus, Jesus isn't the main part of their story, right? It's kind of by definition. Um, Not only some of the details, not just how you lived, but what you were thinking and what you were feeling what your attitudes were, what your emotions were. Things that when you tell your story, other people will be able to relate to. For instance, if part of your story is, you know, before I met Jesus, I was addicted to drugs. Well, there's, there's a lot of people who can relate to that, but there's a lot who can't. Personally, I wouldn't be able to relate to that. But if you were to put in your story, before I met Jesus, man, there was something missing in my life, and I knew it. There was just kind of an emptiness, and I, and I tried to fill that void with all kinds of things, drugs, alcohol, you know, unhealthy relationship, you know, whatever it might be. Okay, I can relate to that. Because before Jesus, I knew there was something missing in my life, too. I've never been ad- addicted to drugs, um, but there was something missing in my life, and I knew it, and I was looking for something. So I can relate to that. So I want everyone to take a pen, a pencil, And again, you're just going to fill in page two, just this part of your story. My life before I met Jesus. You can use the prompts on the screen in the grace uh, panel on page two there. There There's some prompts. Um, Fill in that part of your story. When you get finished, kind of look up so I know that we're all kind of getting through it. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing And we
finished, uh, let's move on to page three. Page three, your personal story, how I came to accept Jesus into my life. How it happened. And let me say a couple things before you start writing. Everyone's experience is going to be different, okay? Now, we all came to Jesus in the same manner, so the key components are going to be similar, but the details of everybody's story are going to be different. Where, the who, the what. Your story in that regard is going to be different than my story in that regard. And really everybody else's for that matter. And again, there's some prompts on, on the screen and on the side of your page there. Um, use your own words. You're not preaching a sermon. You're just telling a story. 
And then I've got it in yellow. Be sure in this part of your story that you include enough of the gospel that someone reading or hearing your story would know enough to do what you knew to do. This is really important. Uh, that's exactly what Paul did, by the way. Paul blinded on the road to Damascus. He went into the city in wait. And I'll remind you of Acts 22. A man named Ananias lived there. This is Paul telling his story. He was a godly man in his devotion to the law, and he was well thought of by all the Jews of Damascus. He came to me and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very hour I could see him. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. You were to take his message everywhere, telling the whole world what you have seen and heard. And now, why delay? Get up and be baptized and have your sins washed away, calling on the name of the Lord. This part of Paul's story is, Jesus got my attention. I went into Damascus. A guy named Ananias came to where I was. He helped me. He taught me. He told me what to do. He suggested I be baptized so that my sins would be forgiven. That's exactly what I did. And then later on, this same guy, Paul, would write this in the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. Paul says, let me remind you of the gospel. You received it. You believed it. It changed your life. Then he says in verse 3, For what I received, I passed to you as of first importance. Paul says there's a lot of things that are important. There are a lot of parts of my story, but here's what's most important in my story. That Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Be sure and include the gospel message into this part of your story. This is the Jesus part of your story. Okay? Jesus has got to be the focus of this part of your story. And again, it's not what Jesus did for all mankind. It's what Jesus did for me. And you don't have to say, as is quoted in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You don't have to quote Scripture. You just have to tell what Jesus did for you. And let me remind you, before you start writing, of why this is so important. We all know Romans 1.16. We love Romans 1.16. Let me tell you what Romans 1.16 does not say. Romans doesn't say, I am not ashamed of my testimony. Because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That's not what Paul wrote. What Paul wrote is, I am not ashamed of what? The Gospel. For it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. The power is not in my testimony. The power is in the Gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture. That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. The purpose for telling our story isn't to tell just an interesting story. The purpose for telling our Jesus story is to share with people the Gospel. That Jesus died for our sins, that He was buried. God raised Him back to life. There's no power in my story. The power is in the Gospel. There's power in my story to where the, my pathetic life you know, intersects with Jesus' powerful story. But uh, So, Go ahead and, and fill out that part of your story, how I came to accept Jesus into my life. Again, staying right there 
in that section. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Sinners, poor and needy, bruised and broken by the fall, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pardoning love for all. He is able, He is able, He is willing now. Let's move on. Page four, your personal story. My life since Jesus came in. And again, let me say a couple words before you get started. You don't want to just talk about the changes in your actions and, and the changes, you know, something you gave up or something you added, although that's important and you probably want to put some of that in. But you also want to talk about your thoughts and the changes in your emotions, the changes in your, your attitudes. And also, be real. No, be honest. We're not perfect, right? Even, even those of us who are Christians, we're still not perfect. Now, we've been forgiven, but we still struggle. And we still have challenges. 
Uh, do acknowledge that you're changed. If any is in Christ, He's a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Absolutely, you've been changed. You've gone from darkness to light. Now you've gone from lost to found. You've gone from death to life. We talked about that last week. You've certainly been changed, but, but life is still hard. There's still struggles, still challenges. Um, but we rejoice in the reality that, that as hard as life is, God is good. And God's goodness trumps life's lousiness every single time. And be sure in this section, brag on God's faithfulness. Let people know how faithful God has been to you and to your story. It's exactly what Paul did. Let me take you back to Acts 26, chapter, chapter 26, verse 22, as he is telling this part of his Jesus story to King Agrippa. But I've had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and witness to small and great alike. So, go ahead, take a couple minutes and fill out this section of the handout, My Life Since Jesus Came In. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. You're rich in love and You're slow to anger. Your name is great. And your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. And on that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near, and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. 
tried doing something this morning, and I'm not sure if it'll work, but I've got really high hopes. In just a minute, I'm going to ask someone if you would be willing to share with us what you wrote on your three pages about your personal story. And what I would like to do, I would like to have someone who has never spoken publicly in church before. Man, there's a lot of people out here that would be glad to do it, and you know they're just kind of extroverts, and you know you hear their stories and their their voice all the time. But I'm wondering if there is somebody that's never really spoken publicly in church, which I think includes about half this audience today, um, might be willing to share with us what they've written as their story. And I'm not asking you to ad lib anything. I'm asking you to read word for word what you've written, your life before Jesus, how you met Jesus, and since Jesus came into your life. Is anyone willing to share their story with the rest of us? Maria Perez, meet me in the aisle here. Technically, I spoke once at a ladies' retreat. No, that doesn't count. No, you're, you're, you're qualified. I just want you to read your story. From the beginning, right? From the beginning, all three parts. Okay, my life before I met Jesus. I grew up in a home where Jesus was praised and Jesus was cursed. A mother who loved the Lord and a father who blamed him. As the youngest of four and the only girl, I longed for the love of my earthly father Thinking that maybe his way of life wasn't so bad, I made the choice to follow his way instead of his way. Instead of his way, <laughs> a long but humbling road of 35 years. I can now say I'm free. Next, um, this is next. Yeah, how I came to accept Jesus into my life. I accepted Jesus many times in my life as a child because Jesus loves me as a teen because I didn't want to go to hell. But the acceptance came at the time in my life when I was finally able to deny myself and give my all to him. You see, I thought the happiness in my life came from the things that I did. It was when I accepted his will for me is when happiness made sense. Now each day I'm blessed with... with I'm blessed, I can't read my writing. I'm blessed with what belongs to him and him alone my life since Jesus came in. Oh, happy day. Since Jesus, the hard struggles are possible, the heartaches are not 
forever. The fear no longer shackles me. The emptiness is full. The worry is faint. The anger is slow. The heart of others is showing instead of his, instead of the appearance. Forgiveness is doable. Mercy is clear. The hope is my world. Thank you. Give her a hand. Now, Maria might say that wasn't so easy, but she told a great story. To be quite honest, I didn't think anybody would raise their hand that fast. We might have time for one more. Does anyone else? Dan? Meet me over here, Dan. So I grew up in Maslin, Ohio, where I lived with my mother, father, my brother and sister. We attended church regularly, and there I was um, submerged baptized. Um, my grandmother got sick, and we then moved to Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, we stopped going to church regularly, and shortly after we moved to Pennsylvania, my parents got divorced. We lived in Erie until I was 14 years old, and we, what I consider we became um, holiday Christians. Um, when I turned 14 years old, we uh, moved to Florida, and I ran out of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then how I came to accept Jesus into my life? <clears throat> I was blessed with my first daughter, Emily Marie Wagner. She effectively changed my life. Because she was born, I sought to improve my life. Therefore, I started going to church regularly to build a better life with Christ. Once Madeline was born, I knew I had to continue my faith. I wanted both of my daughters to have a, a much better life with Jesus and help build their faith. And again, I ran out of time. Okay. <laughs> uh, my personal story, uh, my life since Jesus came in, my life has improved significantly since God and Jesus came into it. I noticed that I have more patience, I use less vulgar language, and I want to help people more. Jesus is amazing. Even though I don't know God's plan, I am able to patiently go through life because Jesus gives me the comfort and the strength I need to overcome life's challenges and difficult times. God is great. Jesus is my Savior. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. I don't know if you picked it up in both of those stories. I caught just a touch of emotion from Dan and Maria because there's something really emotional about telling people your story. And there's something very engaging. You know, I looked around. We were all, we were with you when you were telling your story. Um, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate that. Uh, top of page five, what now? In your handout, based on what we've just seen in God's Word, what should you do today? And the operative word again in that sentence is do. What should you do? Because James says it doesn't do any good to just hear the Word. You've got to do what it says. Now, every week so far in this series, I have challenged you in some way, and I'm going to challenge you again today. In the middle of page five there in your handout, 
Make a commitment to share your story with one person before next Sunday. Now listen, before you skip down and sign your name or before you cram that handout into your Bible hoping to never see it again, <laughs> let me say this. You can do this. Amen. Testimonies are powerful things. Stories are powerful things. Now, I think today's stories are even more powerful. When I was a kid, I grew up in a Christian nation. I'm not sure my grandkids will be able to say that. When I was a kid, everybody believed the Bible to be true. Now, not everybody followed it, but everybody believed the Bible to be true. You know the old song, How do I know the Bible told me so? Um, that was good enough. People believed the Bible to be true. Today, that's not necessarily the case. You just can't say, well, the Bible says so, that's why. That's not good enough for a lot of people. They don't want to hear that. But you know what they do want to hear? I have found something that works. I've found something that has worked in my life, that has given me a new focus, that has given me a peace, that has helped my family, my marriage, my, my job, whatever it might be. I've found something that works for me. People want to hear that. People want to hear your heart. They want to know the story of your life. So at the bottom of the page, knowing it's my responsibility to witness for my Lord Jesus, I will share my personal story of receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior with at least... Now your handout says two people. I'm just asking for one. I'm just asking you to share your story with one person this week. And again, before you sign your name, if you decide, nope, that's not me. I am not going to do that. Can't do that. Can I, can I give you a little heads up here on a really easy way to do it? In fact, it's going to sound like you're cheating, but you're really not. If you think, I can't do this, here's what you can do. You can find somebody and say, listen, you know, a friend, a co-worker, listen, we're going through this thing at church. And the preacher challenged us all to tell somebody our Jesus story. And I said that I would. Would you do me a favor? Could I, could I share my story with you? I don't know who I'm going to share it with. Can I just read it to you? It's like two words, two, two minutes, you know, just real quick. Can I, you know, blame me. I got to get the preacher off my back. Can I just share this with you? Just let me read it to you. Again, you don't have to quote Scripture. You don't have to, you know, I've got to have it memorized. No, take your hand out with you. Just read it. Can, can I share this with you? And listen, I'm not asking you to do anything else. I'm just asking you to ask someone, could I share with you my story, my Jesus story? And then thank them for listening. Now, a conversation might ensue after that. It might not. But all I'm asking is this week, if you could find one person that you could share your story with, one person that this week is going to hear the gospel because of you, one person to tell your story with. And if you're willing to do that, would you sign your name at the bottom of that page? You're not turning them in, by the way. You're, nobody's going to check you. 
But uh, sign your name in today's date, January 27th, 2019. And listen, I know that we are getting down to where the rubber meets the road, right? And we, we've just gone from, hey, those are kind of interesting lessons to this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> but you can do this. I'm telling you, we can do this. You can tell someone your Jesus story. You can read to someone your Jesus story and just see where God takes it. You know, Paul would call it just a little bit of planting and a little bit of watering and see if God doesn't give an increase. Now, I realized this morning this lesson was certainly geared towards us Christians. If you're here, maybe a visitor today, you're like, what are these people about? I hope if nothing else, you've kind of picked up, we love Jesus. And we love people. And we are so convinced that the answer to today's problems is Jesus that we really want to get serious about telling people our Jesus story because the power is in the gospel of Jesus. Because we are so convinced if people would understand, would fall in love with Jesus, He would change their lives. And so we're serious about it. And that's why we're going through this series. Maybe today you're, you're not a Christian. Maybe your whole life has been so far this first part of your story. You know, for years you've been living that first page of your story, my life before Jesus. Today, you're surrounded by a whole lot of people who would love to tell you our Jesus story. We'd love to help you any way we can to better know Jesus and to better fall in love with Jesus. We'd love to talk to you about that, how we came to, to know Jesus and what our life is like since Jesus. Or maybe today, you just need the prayers of people who love you. Well, you're surrounded today by people who love you too. And if there's something going on in your life that you just really need us to be praying for, we're honored to do that. In fact, we are humbled to be able to do that with you. And if there's any way that we can help you or minister to you, there'll be some people here at the front of the auditorium. You can just meet us there. Let's stand and sing.